Matar. Constance Hall, one of the most talked about bloggers in the country. A look out! Opinionated, raw, thought-provoking, and never shy to have an opinion. Annalise is her best friend. The yin to her yang. The gale to her Oprah. She's the chic one. Just ask her. A show for queens, by queens. No topic is too taboo. A shame-free, judge-free space. Oversharing, commiserating, and celebrating. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, girls! Welcome to the Queen Sesh, Mia Friedman. Thanks for having me, Queen. Uh, so you're currently on tour, the lady, the lady startup tour. How's it going? Uh, it's going. Well, it's funny you say that. Almost said the lazy startup tour, <laughs> <laughs> which is a little bit what I feel like, um, because it's just me. So I, it's actually a bit lonely on the road by myself. I'm used to travelling when we do our live podcasts. I've got my co-host with me, but. Um, look, I, I am loving meeting all the women who are running their own businesses on the road and um, I love getting up on the stage and having a little chat. Yep. What made you decide to put all of your energy into lady startups? Women like you, Con. Um, I, well, I'm one, except yep. back when I started, Mamma Mia, I used to work for a big media company and then I decided to go out on my own and it was just me in my tracksuit, my lounge room and I was really lonely and I was pretty lost and I made so many mistakes in those early days because I didn't know what I was doing, just like most of us when we started business and I started to talk to um, a lot of friends in the last year or two who had also decided that now is the time they wanted to start their own business. They wanted more, you know, for all the reasons we do, wanted more control over our hours and, and our income and all of that kind of stuff. And they all said how, firstly, how lonely it was and secondly, how much they really needed a bit of a guide and all the info in one place. So I thought... Well, I'll start Lady Startup as a way to promote all the women who are already running their own businesses, but to help all those who want to start them, I thought I'd put an online course together to really sort of share my knowledge and, and hold people's hands. Wicked. Because honestly, like, if we don't, if women don't have that outlet and that ability to do it, how are we ever going to get ahead, you know? Like, we sort of, I've, I see so many women looking around and thinking there are no options, there is no escape. I cannot get out of this situation that I'm in. And that's because of the, so many things, you know, the gender pay gap and all of the crap that happens when you have a baby with bloody daycare costing an arm and a leg. So if you do have someone that you can turn and turn that idea that you have, just a niggling idea into like an actual business plan, it's sort of, you know, hasn't been done before. It can start as a side hustle. You know, you probably started a few things as a side hustle. I know I started yep. Mamma Mia as a side hustle. Uh, you don't have to, you know, quit your job and become Janine Alice from Boost Juice tomorrow. Um, <laughs> although that, that could happen one day. And look, I'm sure you're the same as me. When I started, there weren't a lot of role models out there. You know, back in the 90s, girls wanted to be supermodels. And back in the noughties, they wanted to be celebrities. And I'm mm-hmm. so thrilled to say that now, as the mother of a daughter and sons, women want to be lady startups. They want to start their own business and have their own thing going on. Mm, and it's an incredible feeling as a girl who was raised in the 90s and who did sort of only have those sort of like Pamela Anderson as the icons, yeah. <laughs> you know, like to be able to sit at a table full of businessmen and hold my own and to be able to say, this is what I do and feel like I am, you know, on par, if not 
better <laughs> yeah. than the majority yeah. of the people that I'm hanging out with, that I'm sitting with, you know. It's a, it's an amazing feeling to be respected for something other than, you know, your your looks or, you know, whatever else we were sort of told when we were young that we could get attention by using. It's so true. And, you know, you look at, I look at what you've done and you could have done your books with a big publisher, you know. You could have done your fashion line with a big uh, fashion label and just let your name and been a little bit involved. But you chose to start those with your own businesses. And what that's meant is a lot of hard work, as you well know. But mm-hmm. it's also meant that you've been able to get the payoff. You've had the control over how you've grown your business and when you've done things. And ultimately, you've built something for you, which is, I think you'll probably agree, uh, there are so many aspects of, of working for myself that I just Love. I'd never go back. Yeah, right. And you have such a huge network as well. Your podcast is it the biggest like ladies podcast in it's in in Australia, definitely. But is it in the world? We've got the biggest women's podcast network. Uh, in the world. Yeah, we do. And, you know, three years ago, we, I, it was just me sitting on the floor of Mamma Mia with an iPhone and a dodgy microphone. And, like, you can build those things. Everyone that's built something big started with just an idea. Yeah. And uh, I guess it's, it's, it's about not knowing how to then take that idea and go to the next step and the next step and the next step. So that's what I wanted to try to do. So that's what you're, is that what this is about, this course? Is it practical information of yes. exact in examples of how you can then, what to do next? Oh, God, yes. Because I also think that, you know, it's lovely having those um, inspirational quotes on Instagram, and I do love an inspirational <laughs> quote. But, you know, saying follow your dreams and reach for the stars, that's oh, not actually going to help you get I know. to the next Be step. true to yourself. Be true to yourself, Mia. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, <laughs> that helps. Your dreams, Just follow your dreams Thanks. and it'll all happen. <laughs> well, it bloody won't happen. You need links exactly. and you need to register things and you need to do things. And no, I broke yes. it down into all, you know, six steps. Six steps. Um, that'll take you all the way through and, you know, you can do it in your own time with a glass of wine in your hand if you want to. How fantastic. So you're a designer, you're an artist, you're a dressmaker, you're a, you know, a bookkeeper even. It's all, it's for you? Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't have an idea, we also have a little free Kickstarter that you can do just to help you. Because lots of women will say, I really want to work for myself, but I'm just not sure what to do. Mm-hmm. Some people have a burning passion, but if you don't, we'll help you with an idea as well. That's easy. That's awesome. So you also help people sort of figure out what the what a good direction, because we do end up losing our identity at a certain age and we feel a bit lost. And so if you could help people sort of discover what could be a good good thing for them and what who they might actually be a little bit. That's so Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. I mean, who thought that you'd be, you know, a I radio know. host and a fashion designer? I thought I thought I was going to be a plus size stripper, but no. you know, <laughs> look look where I ended up. <laughs> it's because you, you followed your dreams, kind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the inspo quotes on Insta. Uh, Mia, a lot of people are talking about Cosmo this week, uh, closing yes. its doors. What I found interesting in your Instagram post when you were reflecting about it is that you actually warned the people that. That you, you warned the magazines that winter is coming. You said move online and they ignored you. And it sounds so like, I told you so, I told you so. <laughs> Why not? You're allowed to revel in that. <laughs> I bloody did tell them so. And that's just such another example of how sometimes when you work for someone else and you can really see something so clearly, but your bosses just can't see it yeah. and they don't get it. And it's so frustrating. And while the fact that they ignored me ended up ultimately being good because I could build, I could build Mamma Mia and build my own media company for women while they just kind of, you know, twiddled their thumbs. 
comes, I'm devastated that brands like Clio and Cosmo and Dolly oh, Magazine. Oh, no. You know, Remember Dolly.com? Yeah, of course. We used to read it so out to each I, other. Hello, we loved it. <laughs> but can I just ask, oh. so if these, these big magazines are now gone, does that mean well and truly print is dead? Are the newspapers going to be following? And Mags, what, what about Vogue? Oh, I don't know. I think Vogue has managed to... um, Some brands have transitioned better than others and and have an online presence. Mm -hmm. And Vogue's owned by a different company to Cosmo Cleo and Dolly. Uh, Cosmo Cleo and Dolly were bought... They used to be owned by the Packers, but they were bought by a German company called Bauer after, you know, some private equity bought them as well. And just no one cared about them. Like, no one was like, hey, guys, this is Dolly magazine. Like, my Mm. goodness. The, the, the brand heritage that had. But, you know, I have to say, magazines gave me the confidence because, in, in you know, up until 10 years ago, that was the only women's media that there was. There weren't mm. blogs like yours and there weren't websites mm. like mine. And so, you know, I, I learned so much from those magazines and, and I met some incredible, wonderful women who are among my best friends today. But I think it's the end of an era. Yeah. Well, I'm a little bit dirty on Cosmo anyway because I was nominated for Cosmo's Woman of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Not only did I not win, but they didn't invite me to the party. I know. And I thought, well, at least. Yes, well, I've been nominated, so at least it means I get to go to this, like, amazing event. And no, I didn't get invited to the party, <laughs> but all the Bachelorettes oh. did. All of the bloody Batchy's ex-girlfriends got invited, and I saw them there, and I thought, is it because they look way better than I would look on that red carpet? Disagree. I, and then yes, how many days later did they shut the doors? There's like two. I think I cursed them. Yes. It's the kind of pool the constant soul has. Watch your back. (laughs) I'm like Kylie Jenner. (laughs) (laughs) Pitching about Snapchat. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Now, Mia, we do like to finish our show on Queen Vice, which is advice for queens. And Constance actually has some advice that she's wanting to ask you. Oh. I know. So, me, yeah, this is just a segment of our show where we give some advice to queens, but usually we give them really poor advice. And today I've got some for um, a mm. really interesting question that I was wondering you could help me with. And it applies to me, but I think it applies to a lot of people. And that's when there is a media shitstorm, I know you've been through your fair share and mm. I've been through mine. Um, what do you think the best approach is? Do you think that, like... It is to lay low, put your head in the sand, wait for it. Because I've been told by PR companies, wait for it to all be over and, you know, be quiet. And they'll be talking, you know, today's news is yesterday's newspaper or whatever, fish and chip paper or something like that. Or do you think come out like we've just witnessed The Bachelor did, come out and mm. say your piece? Like where, where, what do you reckon that the best advice is? That is such a good question and we've been talking about it a lot in the office about how Nick Cummins was able to just completely change the conversation by coming out and saying, hey guys, I'm struggling, it's been pretty brutal. And I think probably the Australian cricketers did that as well after the cheating scandal when they had those press conferences. Look, as you have, I've been at the bottom of these pylons quite a few times and I found that if you try to say, I'm not coping, then people will say, oh, you still don't get it. You're making it all about you. Mm-hmm. And so I tend to just completely withdraw um, and just wait for it to be over. But I don't think that's necessarily a great thing either. What do you think? 
I don't know. Like, um, I used to think just be quiet and don't say anything, but then I've had a bit of a success with saying something. And whether you get success mm. or not, I think you feel better after saying, saying your piece. And really, it's just Sometimes, about how you're going to feel, isn't it? Because you do feel like shit when there's a pile on on you. You do, and the problem is that sometimes it can make it go for longer because then that, that your response yeah, then becomes yeah. a story and then it's the response to your response. Well, that's but what the PR also, say. They say it's trial yeah. and tested. If you don't say anything, it'll go away quicker. Well, do you think that it's different for women than men? Because Absolutely. those two examples 100%. that I gave you of where it works, like the Honey yep. Badger and the Australian Cricket Team, that was guys saying it. Do you think that it's because they're guys that everyone Absolutely. goes, oh, you're suffering, okay, you're actually a good bloke? Yeah, I've witnessed um, the... Oh, Ro- Roxy Jasenko was a, one that came out and, and she did all the interviews when people were accusing her of faking cancer yep, and, and she no got even cared. more criticism for I doing know. the interview. I know, exactly. And what about mm. in a much more serious and sad, William Tyrell's birth mother? Do you mm. remember that? She came out and she said that, yes, my children were in foster care and I really wanted them back. And the comments were outrageously horrible against her, going, well, what did you expect? You weren't a fit mother and blah, blah, blah. Mm. I do think had that have been a man, you know, we tend to empathise with men so much more easily. Showing their emotions, we like they get rewarded very, for it. Absolutely. And we think <laughs> women are calculated and they're just, well, not we, but the public thinks that women are just doing it to, you know, win you back and blah, blah, blah. I can see through it. So, yeah, I do, th- I do feel as if men get off a little bit lightly of a, of a social media pylon. Maybe people are more concerned about men because the suicide rates are higher. I don't know what, what it is, but... Do you know what I've worked out fair. is that at, at, the, at the root of all these pylons uh, is the fact that we don't give anyone the benefit of the doubt. When, like, everyone makes mistakes, right? So mostly mm. what starts a pylon is that you make a mistake or you, you say something that people misinterpret or you word something not right or your timing is off. Um, mm. But we never give people the benefit of the doubt to go, oh, yeah, okay, you probably could have worded that better or, gosh, it's a bit of a pain that you did that, but I get it, you know, you meant well or maybe mm. you just could have thought a bit more. Um, maybe we're faster to give men the benefit of the doubt. I don't know because, I mean, personally, I, I think that the honey badger did the right thing by not leading women on. I think that, mm. you know, it was a disappointing end to a show, but in terms of yeah, what do we want? Why? To choose someone <laughs> to give us some happy ending and then just, know. you know. And why does everyone take that? it so seriously? Like everyone's acting as if I they could dump. <laughs> it was really <laughs> weird. It's hit a nerve, I think. <laughs> it's hit a massive yeah, nerve. I think you're right. I <laughs> the rejection nerve. Got, yeah, it's but triggered like, up. It's I would people. prefer if I was one of the last two girls and he ran off into the distance with one girl, I'd actually prefer that he picked no one. I'd be like, sweet, you, you know, like. Yeah. He obviously yeah. wasn't into us. And they That's got to cool. have that little cuddle in that moment yeah. and then do all their interviews together. Yes. And there isn't a winner and a loser. Yeah, it's yes, like we both, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a good ending. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mia Friedman, thank you so much for coming on the Queen Sesh and imparting your wisdom and, and giving us your time. We adore you. Thank you so thanks much, so Mia. Much. And thanks for keeping on inspiring me. Remember to reach for the stars, Con. <laughs> 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 thanks, Mia. Thanks, Mia. See ya. This is the Queen Sesh. And Lise, last Saturday night, I was invited to the wedding of this century. Oh, the royal, another royal wedding. Yeah, royal wedding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was my beautiful cousin's wedding. And, you know, our old good friend Hugh was there. A lot of people that, you know, my, all my, my whole family flew over from Melbourne. It was just the best. And I don't have much fun anymore being a mum of like seven kids. I rarely go out. I mm. rarely get drunk. 
And um, I was just having the time of my life and Denzi was there looking after the baby. Great. And the baby was like staring at me and Denim was staring at me because everyone wanted to go home. And eventually I got dragged home at 8pm. What? I know. 8 I was furious. Denim said it was time to go. And he goes, well, you can stay then. And you can just, I'm in the middle of the bush. Like I could not have walked myself home. And I was so angry that when we got to bed, I kicked him out of bed and made him go sleep with one of his sons because you should not drag me out of a party no. at 8pm. 8pm is like, had I they even know. done the speeches at that point? Yeah, they had. They'd done all the speeches the cake? and stuff. I, sp- I spoke. I said oh, an amazing lovely. speech. No, I missed the cake even. Oh, my goodness. So, I know. So not I woke the cake. Up fuming and I was about to call you and bitch about him and mm. then he told me that he had to get me out of there because I was threatening to take off my top <laughs> and run around the wedding <laughs> with my tits out. <laughs> What's wrong with me? And you, you don't have any. I said, would of that this? have been that bad? And he was like, yes. No. Although, yeah. if you weren't, so if you were sort of not breastfeeding as much with your baby because you were drinking, you might have actually could have got very ugly. He had his top off, and like he, I just didn't see. I don't know. I can't remember requesting to take my top off, but <laughs> I am glad I got dragged out of there at eight p.m. because you know it was full of grandparents and my aunties and uncles didn't really need to see my leaking boots. Flopping around a wedding at 8 pm. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. This week, 19th century laws that made abortion illegal in Queensland have been scrapped. And to tell us what that all means, we've got relationship expert and sexologist. Dr. Nikki Goldstein. I was celebrating when I saw this one because obviously I was a part of a, a movement in Queensland to abolish these laws. And I think that this is a massive win for women because, yes, we have had access to abortion and there is a loophole, but it really wasn't a nice thing for women to have to go through in an already uncomfortable, awkward, you know, negative situation. So now we can make a decision and say, yes, we don't want to continue through with this pregnancy without actually having to say that the reason being is it would cause us mental or physical harm. Yes. And so, Nikki, in New South Wales, it is still technically in the criminal code. Is that right? Yes. So it's, it's different state-by-state state laws. So there are many states in Australia that don't have criminalised abortion. But New South Wales is one of them. So I think it'd be very interesting now that we've seen Queensland take a stance. Will we see New South Wales follow? Because why should women in New South Wales be treated any differently to any other woman in Australia? But the thing that they've got to sign, for people who don't know much about it, what is it that they're actually signing? So you have to sign a document that says that if you were to continue through with the pregnancy, that you would be mentally or physically impaired by that. So it's pretty much saying that you can't go through with the pregnancy because of a mental or physical situation. You're not able to say, this is not a pregnancy that I wish to continue with. It might have been through sexual assault. It might have been through a one-night stand. You might not be in a position really to be having a child and think that, you know, if I bring this baby into the world, it's not going to have the best chance of life. Or so maybe you just don't really want it. And I think well, that's yeah, okay as well, you know? And that's what, at the end of the day, it should be a choice. And the frustration is, you know, I know a lot of people say about, well, this, you know, when does a life have a right? But as far as I'm concerned, when do we give that life more rights 
than the person that's housing those cluster of cells. So it's great news for Queensland this week and we're celebrating that win, but still a way, a long way to go really in New South Wales. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's one of those things that you, if you have a local member and you feel that you want to be political and start having those conversations, I would encourage you to because unfortunately a lot of the politicians that are standing in the way are men. And at the end of the day, you know, I don't want to degrade men here, but it's I my do. view to take... <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you degrade them and I'll be the PC one that says all the line. But I just don't think it's very fair for them to be taking away a right for a woman for something that they're never going to completely understand. Now, what would happen if we took away their right for Viagra? Exactly. Or we humiliated them into signing something that said that they weren't mentally or physically sound for their Viagra. You know, like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, Dr Nikki. You can hear her podcast, One Series Sex and Life, on the Podcast One website, app or iTunes. You're listening to The Queen Sesh. This is The Queen Sesh. And something that's really been bugging me lately, Annalise, and you know because I send you a lot of text messages a week, which is... Network marketing online. I feel like my Facebook page is full of friends trying to sell me things. Mm, and, for, and I can't get my head around it. And for some, some people haven't heard of this. So 20 years ago, it used to be about Tupperware parties, maybe a little bit of Avon makeup selling yeah. parties at your house. Sure. Yeah, they would sell like creams and stuff. Yeah, Neutrogena, I remember. And then they started doing like sex toys. Yeah. Sex toy parties. Spicy. Yeah. But now bring in social (laughs) media (laughs) and it's not just, not just your closest friends that you're inviting around to your house. It is someone that you haven't seen for 20 years. Yeah, and it's, it's all like I've done. I'm doing the most amazing thing right now, and it sort of sucks you in. Like you do get sucked in. You go, "What are you doing?" And they're like, "I've never felt such clarity and such health and such weight loss and energy." And you're like, "Wow, what is it?" Yes. But then they PM you. Yes. And they really suck you in. Well, you know, after I had my second baby, I was you know very vulnerable, tired time. I thought, oh, someone presented me with this magical cure that was going to shift my baby weight in the form of vitamins and shakes. And I think I spent about $600 on vitamins and shakes. Three years I later. I don't get shakes. I don't get them. Like, if I could live on shakes, I would just go to boost juice three times a day. Yes. I do like to, um, what's the word for chewing? It's like mast. Mass, mass chewing. Oh, I don't know what word you're about mass, to say, no. ends, but it's not for chewing, <laughs> girlfriend. Anyway, I, I like the art of chewing. Um, but yes, I've been sucked in. So we want to hear from you on 131060. Have you ever been sucked in by a network marketer or are you someone who is a network marketer? Are and you, you a wanna, sucker in No, you, and you want to <laughs> defend your position and your business. This is the Queen Sesh. And we are talking. I was about to say pyramid schemes, but we're not calling them pyramid schemes. We're calling it network marketing. You know when you see your friends on Facebook and they're all like drinking shakes and talking about how much energy they've got and how skinny they are and all that stuff and you just go, whoa, wow, what are you doing? Mm. And then you get reeled in. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, so we put it out there. We wanted to find out on 131060, have you had an experience? Have you been sucked in by network marketing or are are you a network marketer? And we've got Kathy from New South Wales. What has been your experience with network marketing? 
Um, I was contacted by a lady that I used to have a professional association with mm. trying to um, extol the virtues of this vitamin plan that she's um, selling. And I've seen some stuff on Facebook, so I knew that she was involved in some kind of a marketing thing. Um, yeah, it was just a bit of a contact out of the blue. And yeah, it kind of makes it awkward because I didn't reply and now I don't <laughs> want to really run into her. <laughs> so you and didn't. that's friendship over really, isn't it? Well, we weren't close friends, but, you know, it was someone I would stop and talk to in the street. Now I'm like, I don't want to talk to you because you might try and sell me something or get me you, into you, your thing. Yeah, she's probably used to people crossing the road when she <laughs> sees them on the street. <laughs> but she's really nice and I don't want to be mean and not talk to her, but I'm just like, I really, like I work full time, I've got a full life, I don't have time to run my own business and sell things on the side. And is that not the point of this whole thing? Like, it's awkward selling to your friends. It is very You do business with business associates and mm. you do friendship with friends. So we've got Kat from Queensland. Now, Kat, you are actually a network marketer. Hi, that's me. Is this something that you find can be awkward at times with friends? Like, how does it work? What, what are the benefits? Why do you do it? Yeah, well, I mean, firstly, it's not awkward because I tell people. So I'm not one of those kind of skulking around the edges, you know, like hovering yeah. and talking about a business opportunity as a carrot because the truth is, and this is a fact that not many people realise, in any good network marketing company, a very, very, very small proportion of people are actually actively building a business and the rest are customers because that's when you know you actually have a good product. Mm. So when, you know, when I talk about my company, um, I'm already using the product. I use it all the time. Everybody knows that I sell it as well. So if they need it, they just go, oh, I'll go to Kat. I'll get some from her, you know. So, it's so like can I ask you what the product is? Yes, it's doTERRA. It's the biggest essential oils essential company in oils. the world. Do you get trained in things like objection handling, like sales rebuttal techniques? Do they sort of give you – I feel when, when I've been contacted, it feels like it's following a formula. <laughs> no. So there's actually no <laughs> – no, that's just, that's just them handling your objections somehow. So obviously, I mean, it depends because, you know, you can go on the website of any big network marketing company and they'll offer basic, you know, this is how you can make a Facebook page and talk about your product. Here's some suggestions of ways you can approach friends and family and, and, and post on social media. So they do have that kind of basic 101 stuff. Obviously, if you enroll with a friend or someone that you know online who has obviously built a successful business, big or small, and you need help, they're going to share that with you. So really, it depends on like, you know, where they sit in the scheme of things and who they talk to as to how they do that. Mm, but it is, and it's good. It's good for mums. It's good for people who want to have a flexible career. Like I, I do see the the definitely the positive side in it. Sometimes I think we just need to mm-hmm. to lift up women that are trying new things and doing something to support their family. And and I, you know, a lot of women agree. are building tiny businesses because all they want to do is pay for childcare and groceries. And it might take them a little while, but they get there and they're so proud of that. So what I have to say is if somebody approaches you about trying a product and you don't want to try the product, don't say yes and let them send it to you and then ignore them. Say, no, thank you. I would not like to try your product, but I do enjoy being friends with you. Yeah, Yeah, just about being honest. That's really, I've learned to say no later Mm. on in my life, yes. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much, Kat, for sharing that point of view. It it was, uh, yeah, really interesting. This is the Queen Sesh. Con. Exciting times because the Victoria's Secret show is just around the corner. I know you'll be glued to the telly. I'm so excited. (laughs) Between that and the royal weddings and pregnancies... 
I'll clear my schedule. <laughs> uh, an Aussie model has launched a petition to boycott the parade. And we have this gorgeous Aussie model, Robin Lawley, with us this evening to chat to us. Why? Welcome to the sesh, Robin. Hi, guys. How are you going? We're good. All right. So tell us why. Why do you want to boycott the parade? Because um, I'm sick of the lack of diversity of that parade. Every year we see the same bodies every single time and we've never really seen even just even more curves. And I think the girls look gorgeous. I just don't see the problem in including diversity. I know. So do you know what, though, Robin? There's one thing, and I was thinking about this after I read the article where you gave your opinions, and I would be described definitely as uh, plus-sized, very curvaceous, always been a big bone lass. So it's not something that I can absolutely relate to looking at Victoria's Secret models, but I kind of feel like almost... Like, I'm not designed to be medical or cut into someone. And I am not designed to be able to diet and exercise and have the motivation or the genetic makeup. So do you feel like it's kind of like, well, that's their job and that's okay? Uh, Not at all. I think you've been programmed to think like that because you've only seen a certain body type for so long. I think if we actually see and witness other body types um, like we do with Victoria's Secret, I mean... Look at Savage Fenty, for example, Rihanna's runway. She had pregnant women. She had short. She had tall. She had beautiful, uh, curvaceous, and it was such a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And I think you know the fact that Victoria's Secret haven't done that is just—it's kind of shocking. And and they have such a huge outreach of young girls watching that show. Um, yeah. And I want girls to feel good about themselves because if they feel good about themselves, they actually are going to purchase the product. I completely agree. And to see women loving themselves and looking and feeling sexy, I follow some really sexy bigger women on Instagram. And the difference between women who feel sexy in their bigger skin, you know, they've got their spray tans and they've got their hair and they've got all the makeup. So they've got all the stuff, but they're just not like everyone else. So I really, really like to see women pushing that sex appeal no matter what they look like. Well, the good thing is, like, I mean, brands, you know, like Bras and Things and Third Love, who I've been doing this um, petition with, you can look at their Instagram. They're actually, for once, really not retouching. They're actually really featuring women just as they are and different ages as well and ethnicities. And, you know, for every um, every girl that posts a photo without retouching and just as they are, without all the makeup, without all the crap, they are actually sending a bra to I Support Girls, which is a homeless charity for women that don't have menstrual products or bras. So this is actually something a bigger cause than just vanity's sake. This is actually going to support girls that do not have bras and do not have access to things like that. So we want to make beauty and runway a little bit more than just the superficial thing it's been in the past. We want to make it more about women all over the world. And, yeah, I I am... Buying the products. Yes, exactly. Oh, I'm 100% yeah. Look, with your cause. I, I, I would honestly say that I, I wouldn't go to Victoria's Secret as someone who is very curvy because, yeah, when I look at the runway, I go, oh, well, that really wouldn't That's work on my body. <laughs> I also wouldn't spend that kind of money on Andy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robin, how can we, how can we get on board? How can we sign the petition? Um, you can go via my Instagram. It's in my bio at the current um, stage. Beautiful. Wicked. Thank you. And we're going to be sharing that uh, petition on our Facebook page. And tell us what you think about it as well. Search The Queen Sesh. This is The Queen Sesh. Hey, Pod Queenies. Hey, Pod Queenies. 
Did you know that in, was it May? Yeah, May this year, Con and I released our very own Podcast One series, The Queen Sesh Overshare. And did you know that it had a record number of downloads? Yes, Queen. Like it's, they it's, love it. It's so different from this radio show catch-up that you guys listen to each week if you haven't heard it because it's, it's standalone episodes about different themes. So, And we're allowed to swear. Yeah, no beeping at all. Babe. At all. No, and can't even, you talked about your birth poo in graphic talk detail. about anything I wanted. It was fabulous. Yeah. So what were some of the apps? We did um, how to survive a divorce, how to stay married when you nearly think you're going to divorce, um, bringing yep. out boys, bringing out girls, blended Sex families. life. Yes. Birth, uh, the sisterhood, social media, anxiety. Affairs. Yes. So yeah, much. We really cool. worked hard, It was babe. basically just all the things that you, t- that you cover if you're on like a three-day drinking session. <laughs> Don't you reckon? Yeah, I, and that's how I felt after I just binged all 12 episodes. Well, I was pregnant, so I did not feel like that. But, mm. but I did. And I also, you know, made up for it in the evenings as well after recording each day, which you did Oh, of to course. Mm. Um, it was, yeah, I'm very, very, very proud of this work, so. Yeah, make sure you download. You can hear it uh, in iTunes or wherever you hear your podcasts, or you can download the Podcast One app or hear it on podcastone.com. This is the Queen Sesh.